welcome to the Chiropractic Life Podcast, where I'm delighted to sit down and create a platform for our team members to share their role, where they are now, and their lessons along the way. My name is Dominic Fung, and I'll be your host for today. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Chiropractic Live Table Talk Podcast. Uh, I'm pretty delighted to, to be able to share this moment with a, with a pretty great chiropractor that has uh, recently joined our team. Um, I didn't want to do too much of an intro because I feel like um, he, he's got a lot of offer and he's been through a lot. Um, but David Henry, thank you so much for joining us, mate. It's an absolute honor to be able to have you here and thank you for your time. Yeah, absolute pleasure, Dom. Always great to chat to you, buddy. Well, we're going to delve into some pretty big, big, um, big questions, I guess. But I just sort of, sort of wanted to start it pretty, um, I guess, pretty light in a way. But um, have you sort of reflected on the, the week so far? Have you reflected on on how this week's gone and anything you're particularly proud of this week, mate? Yeah, absolutely. This week's been really, it's been an awesome week. There's been lots of progress in lots of different areas. And the biggest thing that I'm really proud of this week of what's been going on is just having a great team that's that's around me now. And so there's, uh, there's a lot happening, but I've got amazing people around me that are, you know, helping to deliver all of those things. So it's been really refreshing where I have to take a step back and do, um, you know, help my teammates level up, which has been really cool to see. Every time I reflect on my week, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm always really proud of is the, the, the sort of culture that we sort of have um, within our four walls, the chiropractic life, if that sort of makes sense. Um, Absolutely. It's always, it's always good to sort of um, crack some jokes with Adam Smith. You know, there's an ongoing joke about Adam Smith that uh, everyone hates him and that Linda Smith is cooler. I don't think everyone is, <laughs> is practically just me, but just little <laughs> things like that and we're always really proud of. And I think we've got some pretty awesome team members within our, within our four walls that, are, that we share our, our journey with that is, is quite special, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there is definitely a remarkable team. And one of, one of my favourite things is to really find someone's brilliance. I have one of, one, one of my underlying belief systems is every single person on the planet is better than every other person on the planet at at least one thing. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, there's, I, I want to find the brilliance in every person. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying, uh, one of my favorite words is concordance, you know, and that's where a person's nature and qualities makes them unique and they are in beautiful harmony with themselves. And so if we come from that place, that presupposition that everyone is amazing at something and, you know, my job as a coach is to kind of look at what is amazing in that person. And so in chiropractic life, there are some spectacular people in this organization. And I'm super proud of being part of the organization of bringing my brilliance to help everyone else, else level up, but recognizing that there are like Kylie in the marketing team has got deep, deep knowledge in that space. You know, you in a rural area, where some of the things that you put up with and love about what's happening in Catherine, it's awesome, dude. You know, and then there's some other people in in our team who are technique leaders. There are some of the work that that Adam Smith's doing. We always joke about, but you know, <laughs> to be able to go in and negotiate with the builders and the council and all the different things that someone's got to do that stuff. Yep. And so we've got different people and that have brilliance in certain areas, and so. That concordance, I'm always looking for where's your most amazing thing that you can do that nobody else can? 
what's the thing that is absolutely lights up your soul that you'll do because you love doing it? And then I remember Charlie Ward talking about, you know, if you love your work so much, you never go, you, you never have a job anymore. You just live your life in concordance with what is absolutely your best self. Mm, you know, mm. that's that's kind of really cool that I'm, you know, we do have some amazing people in the company and brilliant in certain areas. And if we can help polish up their brilliance, help them find their sweet spot, that's when we're all going to grow together. Yep, yep. I think it's super powerful what you said as well because we're sort of doing that on a daily 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 thing in practice as well with our practice members. One hundred percent. You know, I think one of the 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 key things as well when we gain people through the doors and they're they're quite vulnerable because obviously, you know, I hate I hate to to be proven wrong, but sometimes you know, chiropractic is is the the third option, the fourth option, the last resort, if that makes sense. And um, yeah, what what you were saying then, just being able to transform that, not just within your community, but within the company as well. It's pretty exciting. It's really exciting, I think. Very yeah. exciting. You know, this this is an opportunity where we're not looking at um, our, uh, you know, the people around us as competitors, but really as tribe. And yeah. so whether it's our, our practice members inside our practice walls, and so they're part of our tribe. And yeah. so sometimes someone walks in and they're grumpy. They walk in and they're, you know, bitching and moaning because they've been in pain and because they've had, you know, let's face it, last couple of years, the mental health issues have been astronomical. And so we've had lots of people coming in who don't feel good about themselves. They don't feel good about the way they've been treated. And so I, I, I just see that person, that grumpy, whingy person, as someone who just needs to be taking some of the pressure of life off. And we know that by removing subluxations, we remove that physical pressure on their spine and nervous system, but we help elevate them to an area where they can think again. They can start to breathe again. They can start to be their best person again. And so I love being in practice to be able to watch that person who comes in and they're grumpy and they're miserable and they're whinging. And, and then, you know, those are ones who, who aren't smiling. I, I play a little game with myself. How many sessions will it take till they can smile? How many <laughs> sessions does it take till they can laugh? How mm. many sessions does it take so they can start to breathe again? You know, mm. that's that's one of those things of recognizing that when someone's like that, that's because they're in pain. You know, physical pain, spiritual pain, emotional pain. And if we can start to help them become their best self, you know what? That's when they become part of the tribe and mm. they're living life in full expression you know the chiropractic l-i-f-e to live in full expression is about them being their best Mm. and so that gift as a chiropractor to be able to release the subluxations not only on their spine but the subluxations on their life because life is a way more interesting game than just correcting spines it's about turning people's lives on for me yeah no 100 and and just to to tap on what you're saying as well do do you think I hear this a lot and I'm starting to really agree with it in a way. Do you think we're inherently tribal in a way as human beings? 100%. 100%. If we look at um, 20,000 years of human evolution, up until very, very recently, we have been tribal beasts. Very much so. And I was talking to one of my coaching clients earlier today when our tribal cultures, um, the Inuits, the Aborigines of different planets, what uh, different... um, uh, continents, they would get to about 500 people as a critical mass, 
where they have one chief for 500 people, they have one shaman or one healer for 500 people. And then once they get beyond that sort of critical mass, then the tribe would split into two and they'd break up into two lots of 250 and that the next leader would emerge, the next shaman would emerge. And so as chiropractors, I always think, okay, well, so if there's approximately 500 people that I can actively look after with my, if I level up to that level, then these people look to me for their health and wellbeing advice. They look to me to be healthy and well. And so that salutogenic approach to health rather than the allopathic approach to health where our natural state of well-being is to be healthy and well. Yeah. And so if we can have be the healer within our community that looks after a tribe of, you know, that 500 people, and when it gets to that critical mass where there's more than that, then we need to get another healer involved. We need to get another chiropractor involved to help the next tribe and then the next tribe. And so that's where the beauty of chiropractic life is, you know, at the moment we've got approximately 50 chiropractors in the, in the tribe. And so as we grow to that next level, you know, we can help more communities, more people to live their best life. Mm. I think uh, I think the best thing about a, a company that has been around and has proven that this this actually could work in their community um, makes it fairly contagious in infections with people who who we on board. If that makes sense, one hundred percent. And I think that's one of the main things that we we probably brought you on, on the on the field is, was is pretty much just making sure that everyone you know as we grow bigger that everyone's getting enough mentoring, enough support, and enough training. Um, yes. And, and look, I, I wanted to, to delve down into your, your past and, and sort of your journey, but for the, for the sure. moment, how, how do you feel like it's going? How do you feel like, you know, how long have you been with us now, would you say? Uh, so four months now. Four and months. And, and what's, what, what do you think? How, how would you say your, your, if you were going to explain your role to someone you've never met before at a bar or something, sorry, your wife's right there. I probably shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but how, how would you sort of explain your role um, um, within chiropractic life, would you say? Yeah, so I'm the head trainer mm-hmm. and so head of operations at, at chiropractic life. And so for me, it's it's how do we build the systems that allow us to serve our communities at the best level? And so I've worked with a number of chiropractic groups and there's certain challenges that every business faces. So at the you know, mum and dad chiropractor, you know, who has one office, there's certain challenges that are faced at that level. As you grow to five or 10 or 20 offices, they're different challenges. And so one of the things that I've been fortunate is I've been uh, coaching chiropractic offices now for uh, 21 years. I've had multiple multi-level offices. Uh, I've also got experience outside of the chiropractic profession. Uh, the one of the biggest lessons as a, as a sportsman is what the excellence in those areas spills over into business. So the excellence in other areas of business spills over into chiropractic. And so we need to be we need to be profitable for us to be sustainable. You know, I, I was talking to one of my coaching clients this morning, and we did some numbers, and he has a he has a great job. But when he goes on holidays for a couple of weeks, he comes back and there's no money in the account because what he has, a job, not a business. So it's not scalable. He can't replicate 
a it's a really good charitable organization. So he does great work. He gets paid well when he's there, and when he's not there, he doesn't get paid. The office literally can't survive if he's not in in the four walls doing the adjustments. Yeah. And so looking at where those challenges will be is something that I'm really loving to to be able to identify and to be able to strategize, to be able to train in, put the systems and procedures in place so that as we serve well, as we grow, it's sustainable growth, it's solid growth, it's where our systems and procedures are able to deliver chiropractic to the masses in a way that is genuinely everybody wins. Yeah. I remember Stephen Covey talking about he goes for win-win or no deal. You know, if someone has to lose for us to win, it's not good enough. We haven't worked hard enough. Mm. So for me, I believe every single stakeholder must win for us to grow to where to fulfill our natural position in the healthcare space. So mm. it means that um, our practice members must win for us to deliver the best chiropractic. We, Our chiropractors must win for us to deliver. And our chiropractors have got to deliver and win at every level of practice. So whether you're starting out in practice your first six months, whether you've been in practice two or three years, whether you're a high performer and you've been in practice for five, 10 years and you're flying, you must win at every level and be better inside the company than outside. And so there's a challenge in terms of uh, making sure that everybody wins. Yeah. Our suppliers, they've got to win. So, you know, we have to provide, uh, you, you know, great exchange with the people that we purchase from. Our team, our corporate team has to win at every level of scale. And so if we can help um, every single stakeholder, our customers, our suppliers, you know, our landlords, uh, or if everybody's winning, then we can scale. If somebody has to lose in a business equation for it to, to be sustainable, uh, it, it, for it to, you know, for for the exchange to happen, if that business transaction needs somebody to lose, it's going to fail at a certain point. And so yeah. for me, it's like, how do I help engineer the systems, procedures, contracts, processes, so that everybody is winning? So that's that's a really cool, exciting thing that we're working on at the moment. Is how do we level up? so that we're creating that genuine winning across 360, 360 degrees for the company. I feel like it's, um, you know, when, when, I think when everyone wins, it makes it a more fulfilling sort of action too, isn't it? 100%. You know, yeah. I mean, moving forward, especially if you're looking down six months to a year or two years time, I think if everyone's winning and everyone's on the same page and going in the same sort of direction, mm. I think it, it, it creates in a way less stress. However, like you were saying as well, with that, that beautiful quote, it's that if no one is, if one person is, is compromises from, from all of this, we're not winning, then you're not working hard enough. You know, you're not working yeah. smart enough. Yeah. Which yeah. is, um, which is really hits home. I think, I think it's a, it's a great way to sort of go in and, and, and sort of, um, I mean, we have 50, 50 chiropractors in our company at the moment, you know, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a crazy amount. And, and yeah, just being able to, to, um, manage all of that as well must be a pretty challenging thing. Would you, uh, would you say, or what, what's, been, what's been the biggest learning curve in terms of that before, you know, like have you sort of done that before where you're managing 50 cars within one company before? So the, the biggest company that I've managed uh, has a hundred staff. 
100 and staff, so yep. looking after their training developed for 100 people. So chiropractic mm-hmm. life is 150. So similar-ish yep. um, levels, yep. not quantum levels different. So yep. the challenges that are currently happening inside chiropractic life I've seen before, um, yep. and we're actively working to iron out those things upstream. So iron out the the things so that the the next level of growth, I, I'm actually thinking of two quantum steps ahead so that we don't have to re-engineer, like get solve the problems at this level. So I love Einstein's quote, you know, you, you have to elevate your thinking. You can't solve a problem at the same level of thinking that the problem was created. Yep. And so what I'd like to do is go two quantum levels ahead of where the problems are and then reverse engineer. So the solutions that we're coming up with to solve these current little challenges, current little sticky points inside chiropractic life, we can solve them in a number of ways. Mm. But if we can solve them to also mean that we don't have to re-engineer at the next level or the level after that, then we've got smooth sailing for the next two quantum levels. And so we just need to think. And so from the higher level thinking point of view, uh, we've got to think two steps ahead of where we are in terms of quantum level of growth. So going from 150 staff to 250 staff is the same sort of challenges, the same sort of um, issues that will pop up. Um, Once we go above that sort of 500 level of stuff, then there's going to be different levels of challenges. So if we can solve, if we're thinking that level now and solve the challenges already in advance, Mm. as, as we attract more people, as we, um, grow the tribe, then there's no sticky points for the next couple of levels. And so yeah. for me, it's take it, taking a step back. I mean, I've had the beautiful privilege of when I was onboarding, I didn't have to get into the grunt work. I was able to still have higher level thinking for most of my time allocation for chiropractic life. Yeah. So I, I allocate my time really well. I'm very focused when I have my thing. Uh, you can see behind me, my I've got two massive whiteboards <laughs> in my home study uh, and yeah. I've got lots of projects going on at the same time. Yeah. And so for me to do really well, I need to allocate my time efficiently. Yeah. I'd always think long-term. Think That's long-term, but act act now. Yeah. You know, like if we, if we can be really, really practical, you know, so I know you and where you're, practice is at and, you know, the beauty of uh, being in the position, I can dive into your appointment book and I can say, hey, Dom, you're doing this fantastically, this fantastically. You know what? If we tidy up X, Y, and Z, that's where next week and next month will be easier for you. Mm. You know, Mm. and that's the beauty of, you know, being able to walk this journey as a chiropractor. I've been an active chiropractor now since 94. So coming up to nearly 30 years of active hands-on practice, and I love it. I love adjusting people. Mm. I love watching them light up. I love, you know, we talked about that person who comes in grumpy. I love playing the game. Of, okay, how long is it going to get to them to smile? How long is it going to get to them to laugh? How long is it going to get for them to refer somebody in? Because yeah. once they know and understand chiropractic, hey, I remember listening to a Reggie Gold um, talk back when I was in first year of chiropractic college, and I was like, oh, my God, I wish he could check my family out. Like it was I was thinking of all the people and it, it, he wasn't asking for a referral. Like he's a foreign chiropractor coming in and giving a talk. And I was like, can he check my mum and dad? You know, what about my brothers and sisters, my girlfriend? Like, 
can he find out if, if they've got these subluxations in their spine that is really interfering with the quality of life? Like his message blew my mind and I was thinking about who else needs to be checked out. Mm. So I want to inspire my practice members to that level where they're going, oh, my God, like this is this is mind-altering in terms of the paradigm of healthcare. So mm. you and I both know that health comes from inside out. You know, it's above, down, inside out. That's where true health comes from. Vitality, vibrancy, you know, that's an inside-out job. And so if we can help our patients remember that they're brilliant, help them remember that their, their true nature is health. That's where we can go, you know, we have to we have to limit our new patient supply because there's so many people that are just referring in. They go, mm. oh, my God, that I, I want my wife to get this. You know, I, I had a, a, a husband came in. He uh, He's a professional fisherman, hurt his neck, and he was like had this wry neck and he was in pain. And, you know, I examined him, checked him out. He was really badly subluxated. I, I explained what subluxations were. I explained how his nervous system operates, went through, got him on track. Within a week, he was back out on the boat. But now we're five weeks in and every single member of his family has come in. Mm. And he's like, you've got to check my daughter out. Like she had a car accident two years ago. I bet you she's subluxated from that accident. Mm. You know, and the the youngest, you know, he he plays rugby league. I bet you he's subluxated by all those hits that he takes. Yeah. You know, so that's where they they get it. They yeah. they understand the the impact on life and how that's going to impact on their spinal neurological system. And mm. they understand that the impacts of subluxation is far more reaching than just some back pain or neck pain. They yeah. understand that you know what? If you're not subluxation free, if you're not living with your nervous system as free and clear of interference as possible, you're not living your best life. 100%. So I didn't ask him for a referral ever. Mm. But now he's referred in like six, six people, his family, some of his co-workers are coming in. You know, yeah. that's that's the level of, you know what, just do a great job. He came in with neck pain, couldn't move his neck. Like, you know, if I had have just dived in and tried to, quote, unquote, fix his neck pain, Look, we did that in a week. He was back out on the boat within a week. But I inspired him and educated him about the power of the nervous system. And then he's like, oh, man, that makes so much sense. He mm. got the paradigm of what I call the chiropractic story, which is the spine protects the nervous system. The nervous system runs your whole life. Get that working amazing. You get to have what? An amazing life. Mm. Amazing, mate. It's so impactful as well because obviously – um, obviously they understand the paradigm, but they understand it to the point where they, where, where they say to themselves, why wouldn't I want my loved ones to experience this? You know, mm, why, wouldn't absolutely. I, why, why wouldn't I want my daughter to live her, her fullest expression? It's not even just her, his daughter, but obviously his, his friends, his coworkers, all that kind of stuff. And um, an amazing thing as well, you saying that I didn't ask for any internal referrals, you know, yes. that, that they got to that conclusion themselves. And yes, then, Absolutely. The beautiful thing about that, which I've experienced here, is obviously the internal referrals are, uh, are always the 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 ICs and the new people that, that you want to see. They're the mm. easy ones because they understand sort of already have, have a really good. Um, you already have a really good reputation in terms of the the community, and if your loved one recommends you that, that must mean it's pretty good. If that makes sense, they've had a great experience yeah. out of it, and it's life changing. So that's amazing. Um, 
let's just touch on, you've been a chiropractor since 94. Yes. I was born in 93. (laughs) 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 Uh, um, I mean, how, how were the first three years of, of, of sort of, of sort of your career? Do you think? Like, oh, they were tough. Yeah, they were, they tough. were tough. Yeah. The first, yeah, the first like, I was I mean, working how, seven days a week, either in my practice or on my practice, trying to refine yeah. my craft. So um, my first year as a chiropractor, I was, uh, I was an associate. Uh, yep. I started out, I remember my third week into practice. I had 12 people booked in for, for the week and uh, four of them were booked in before our, our workshop before our, our better results faster. And I, uh, I was late. So what happened is that first person out of the four. Uh, so remember like that's a third, that's 33% of my entire book was booked in before our, our workshop. So I took the first person in and because I wasn't skilled, I ran over time and I walked out and instead of me having three more people to adjust, my boss adjusted them. Yeah, I was wow. like, wow. So my income went from, you know, 12 people a week to nine people a week. Mm. And so that hurt. Like that cost me, you know, most of my wage for the week because I ran over time. So for me, I was like, okay, not letting that happen again. <laughs> you know, so, I, you know, I, I earned the, the, the paltry sum of $45,000 in my, in my first year of practice. And I was either listening to sem- seminars on on tape, you know, that's how old I am. It was still cassette decks in cars <laughs> back then. Um, do you even know what a cassette deck is? <laughs> oh, I, I drove a '95 uh, Toyota Conquest. I definitely know what a cassette deck perfect, is. Perfect. So, <laughs> so it, it's like the old school podcast. It's like yeah. what we're doing now, but it was on yeah. a cassette tape. And you know, sometimes if you left them in the car in the sun, they would Too melt bad. and they'd warp. And <laughs> You have to stick the pencil in and rewind it. Yeah. So I I was, uh, I had a mastermind and we were were working on my my skills as a chiropractor. I was diving deep into how can I become the best skillful adjuster that I could be? How could I work on the best communication? So the year after I graduated, I did my NLP training. So I'm an NLP practitioner as well. And so that was, that helped me level up in terms of communicating to the the people as they came into the office and then helping to explain the beauty and the magnificence of chiropractic and of their nervous system. And that's when things started to change for me. So my communication skills then became better and better. Uh, I would go to every single seminar that I could go to. And for me, the quantum level shift changed when I, I went to an Armand Rossi seminar on the Friday night. It was an exclusive dinner. Now, Armand Rossi at the time was working with his wife in practice, and between the two of them, they were seeing 2,000 people a week. And oh, wow. this man, like when he shook my hand, it was like, oh, my God, like you could feel the energy of this guy. He was so quiet, so reserved. He was so it just amazing. I was like, if I lived in your town, I would become your patient dude for life. Like he was just such a beautiful person. And then on the Saturday and Sunday, I went to a Charlie Ward seminar. So those three days literally changed my career trajectory because, you know, those guys, um, you know, they don't talk about numbers. They talk about changing people's lives. You know, I I know that if we can literally get away from 
you know, forgetting about the money, forgetting about what it is, forgetting about the business side. And that's the beauty of chiropractic life. Someone else is looking after all those things for you. So you can be the chiropractor you're supposed to be. Mm. And so if you can be the chiropractor, that's when you actually serve from your heart. That's where you serve from your spirit. That's where you can really be the best you can be because all that other stuff is taken care of by, by the, you know, corporate services. Yeah. And and, and you, you're being your best. And mm. so for me, that, that quantum shift on that weekend literally doubled my practice within six weeks after doing that. Yeah. And so I had a good solid practice for a few years. And then I, then I went to America and again, it was on one day, I saw three chiropractors, three very different styles in practice. So that's why as a coach, I don't care what technique you use, just master it. Be mm. amazing at your technique. You know, like we got to deliver the goods. We can do a great exam. We can do a great consultation. We can enroll people into the process of chiropractic. But if we don't deliver the goods, you know, one, two, three months, they're they're gone because we haven't changed their life. And so mm. you've got to get master your craft. Be the best chiropractor you can be. You know, I was talking to on to the student mentor call this week, and I gave them five things that they could do to increase their clinical skill. What can they do? Because it's a skill. How do they get better at delivering the chiropractic adjustment? And so for the for the chiropractors on this call today, tap into that, go into the, the learning hub and look at those four T's and the S's. So there's, there's five tips that I went through. How do you become a better adjuster? Mm. So I, I had a person coming in this week and I just adjusted his neck as I normally do. And it was, it was pretty easy, to, I've got to tell you. And he said, I've been to three other chiropractors in the last year. Nobody's able to adjust my neck. I was like, really? Wasn't that hard to do? Mm. And him and his girlfriend said, you did it so easy. And to be honest, I didn't even think it was a hard neck to adjust. Mm. But there were three other chiropractors in the last 12 months who couldn't move his neck at all. Mm. So the better you can be, like, how cool would it be if people walk out of your office going, oh, my God, that was the best exam I've ever had. That was the best adjustment I've ever had. You know, Gonstead used to always have this thing that after every adjustment, he would say, that's the best adjustment I've given today. The next person, that's the best adjustment I, I was given today. And I'm fairly sure it was Charlie Ward was following me around. At the end of the day, I said, dude, you, you just saw 150 people. <laughs> And you said every single person, that's the adjustment, the best adjustment I gave today. And, and he looked at Charlie and Charlie said, he looked so deeply into my soul. He said, don't you try and deliver the very best adjustment every single time? And I was like, whoa, every adjustment you deliver, that could be the first adjustment that person ever gets, or it could be the last adjustment that person ever gets. Deliver yeah. it like it matters. Yeah. If you can deliver the adjustment with that, that intensity, that passion, and I'm not talking about spending half an hour with you. you deliver an adjustment. See, that's how long it takes to deliver an adjustment. I remember I had a person who had, uh, they had a stroke and they had a whole bunch of stuff going on. And so I was toggling their apps and I'd literally set them up, I'd line them up and I'd toggle them. And like 15 seconds later, I was done. And it was like, I felt a bit bad because what else could I do? And I'm like, you know what? There's nothing else I, I should do. This is exactly what that person needs. 
They mm. need a really good toggle. And it's like fine-tuning the television. If, you, if you're moving the aerial around to get in the right spot, stop it. Like, don't mm. do any more. Like, the more you frig around with it, you get it out of tune again. Mm. So that was a, that, that individual gave me a great lesson. It's quality of adjustment, quality of intention, quality of force that we deliver, you know. It's not about the time that we spend with someone. It's about the focus. It's about the energy. It's about the quality of the delivering of that that adjustment. And and the adjustment is not only the physical force, but it's the intention. It's the love. It's the the um, that real certainty that we deliver that that force through. You know, mm. we know that it's the intelligence through matter delivered by a force. That triune. We've we've got to live that. Yeah. Every single person, every single day in practice. It's amazing to hear how passionate you are, mate, and how in tune you are with everything. It's just incredible. And I think one of the questions that I really wanted to explore was that I know that obviously you ran late and your boss adjusted your practice members before your BRF, and that was a big a catalyst in, on being like, I need to really fine-tune my um, my skills. But was, was there another thing that, that were you always sort of really eager to level up your skills? There was something else that sort of happened that made you go, okay, I, I, I've got a lot to learn. And I need to go out there and search it because obviously knowing that you have a lot to learn, but actually taking that action step to be like, I need to level up. It's two different things. Is it, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. I actually strongly believe this came from when I was a boy scout. Yep. Okay. You That's know? good. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So there we had an affirmation that we would have. So dib, 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 dob, dob, do our best, do my best. So every single time it's about me doing my best and being my best. If I think I've learned everything, and you, you were on my, my interview panel before I was uh, enrolled into chiropractic life. Yeah. And I knew that I have certain skill at the moment, but I also put on there that I'm willing to go back to university. Uh, I'm, uh, I've got a postgraduate business degree, but I see that there's two different degrees that could help the company if I level up my skill. Every single year as a chiropractor, I aim to learn something new and new and different every single year. So in 95, I became an NLP practitioner. Yep. One year, I dived deep into AK. One year, I dived deep into SOT. Another year, I dived deep into Gonstead's work. And so there was different techniques. There was a year that I dived deep into Thompson's work. There's also different years that I've looked at um, different aspects of communication. So obviously, I've, I've now got a postgraduate business degree. They're big, chunky things that um, make a difference to what you can deliver. You know, this year I've just completed my free dive. I'm a free dive master. So 18 months ago, I didn't even know really free diving was a thing. I had a free dive master come and uh, gave a presentation at one of my seminars. So I've been running seminars now for over 20 years. And so I have guest speakers come along. And Adam Sellers, who runs the Pressure Project, came along and talked about dealing with stress and pressure. And he, he used the, the, the process of free diving, the pressure of the ocean. So for instance, when you're 10 meters down, the pressure doubles, mm. your lung size halves. When you're 20 meters down, it triples. Your lungs are a third the size. When you're 30 meters down, the pressure on your body is four times that of when you're walking around at sea level. Crazy. So, 
to become a master free diver, you've got to go down 32 meters mm. on a single breath. You've got to be able to swim horizontally in a pool for at least 70 meters. You've got to be able to hold your breath for three and a half minutes. And so I was like, wow, okay. So last year I did my basic introductory course for free diving and I've now successfully become a master free diver. So there's skill, there's pressure, there's failure, there's, uh, you know, coming up a- again, like you've got it, you've got to adapt. Mm. So the, the better your quality of life is the better adaption you are. So for me, I, I had to learn stuff. I didn't, there's no way I could get down to 30 meters safely. It took me, it, man, that's crazy. So to put that in perspective, if you look outside of a 33, uh, a, a 13th story of a high rise yeah, and you look down, that's how deep I dived into the ocean. One breath. One breath. One breath. Yeah. Safely. Wow. So the, the yeah. first time I hit 33 metres, I came up and I was like, woohoo, yay. But I came up and I had a blood nose because I didn't equalise my sinuses well enough. Mm. So there's a real skill in doing that. You know, getting down to 20 metres, you can use a certain technique. When you go beyond that, you have to change techniques. Different so ball game, that, isn't it? It's a different ball game. And that's like, yeah. that's practice. You know, zero to 100 a week in practice that's a certain level of skill and a certain level of performance. When you go above that sort of hundred to 200, you got to level up. You got to use different skills. You got to learn more stuff. You know, once you go over 200, you got to learn more stuff. You got to refine your art. You've got to get better at your exams. You've got to get better at your adjustments. You know, once you go over 300 a week, there's different things that you need to learn to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. as you grow in practice, you've got to grow as a practitioner. If you don't grow, you will stagnate at whatever level is the thing of lowest performance. So at at some level in practice, you'll start to plateau out. Now, if you don't learn the lessons to take you to the next level, that's where you'll stick. Mm. And it's, uh, you know, finding your sweet spot so your life goes amazing, so that your practice and life are in harmony. You know, there's coherence with the vibration levels that you have in your life, your vibration levels that you have in your practice. And so when you're living your bliss, I know some people who live their bliss at 80 people a week, you know, their technique is is spot on for them. Uh, I, I worked with um, John Howarth in the UK for a bit and he's a, an amazing, amazing man. Like uh, I actually stayed at his house and I, was, I slept in his study. It's, he was doing some amazing work on dural tension, cranial forces that change the way the cerebral spinal fluid flows. So all the SOT books, all the SOT brochures were written by John Howarth. So yeah, brilliant, wow. brilliant man. He's been the head of SOT in Europe for decades. Yeah. And so when you've got a level thinker like that, his practice, there were literally people flying in from Italy and flying in from Amsterdam to come and see him for an adjustment. You know, like get into that level of skill and certainty. But his volume of practice was was less than what, what I've seen in a single day. But mm. the impact he had was different. You yeah. know, so there's where's your sweet spot? Where's what's your absolute concordance? You know, having that ability to for you to be your best chiropractor. Yeah. What's that space? What's that skill? What's that level? And so continually leveling up. 
I try and level up something new and different in my life every single year. Yeah. How do you, um, got a really good question to ask, like, especially people listening in, especially when people starting their own career, when, when you start, I think you're a little bit confused on what your sweet spot actually is, if that makes sense. And it takes 100%. a bit of time. Like, yeah. It takes a bit of time, especially for myself to really figure out exactly where my sweet spot is. What is a perfect balance between what I really enjoy, but then also what I really enjoy outside of practice as well. What advice do you sort of have to give to new chiropractors and not even new chiropractors, but chiropractors who, who just feel like they're just a little bit lost in terms of what this sweet spot is? Yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely patience. Yes. You know, like it, it took five years to become a chiropractor at university. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I heard very, very early on is it takes five years to become a good chiropractor. So a good clinician where your skill of being able to detect subluxations, the skill of being able to correct subluxations, your ability to communicate um, with your community, um, the people inside and outside your office, the ability to really do that, takes five years to become good, takes 10 years to become great. So be patient. So, and it's not one year times 10, it's 10 different years to become great. You know, that whole 40,000, the 10,000 hour rule, to, mm. to, to master up, if if you are still training, we know from, and, and we know this from sport, it's conscious, focused training makes the difference. Mm. You know, I, I raced for Australia in two different sports. Um, I was top 10 in the world in triathlon. And so for me, as I was levelling up, I was, I was getting better, I had to be really analytical about my performance. So I'm, I'm swimming at this level. I'm cycling at this level. I'm running at this level. My run uh, before I did my first world titles was not good enough. I was only running, you know, 38, 39 minutes for 10K, um, and it just wasn't good enough. That wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to go. And so I changed coaches. I changed coaches, and my run time went down to 33 minutes. So I went from 37 down to 33. Now I'm in the ballpark. Mm. Now I'm I'm become competitive. You know, my, my cycle time for for – 40 Ks on the bike. It was more like an hour and 10. It's not good enough. And so I had to do the work to get that down under an hour. And yeah. so um, I'm a naturally a good swimmer. My swim times was already acceptable, you know, a reasonable level in triathlon for the Olympic distance. You, you, you really want to one in front of the end time. So you want to go under two hours. So to, mm. to go under two hours, you've got to swim 20 minutes ish, you got to cycle sub an hour and you got to you got to run Amazing. under 40 so it's yep. it's kind of that's your entry level into high performance yep. and so to do that you know if i'm running 40 minutes for 10k's it's just not good enough so mm. then i have to work out what do i need to do to get better at that and so i needed to work on my volume work so then i needed to work also on my ability to handle pain at speed the ability, the ability to keep my heart rate super low. Like last Worlds I did, my heart rate never got over 120 on the bike and I did a 56-minute bike, so super yeah. efficient. You yeah. know, So my cadence, the difference between my cadence on the bike and running were different. Mm. So those things take time. You know, So as a chiropractor, newly chiropractor or somebody who's had the same year after year, so they might mm. be five years in practice, but dude, they're plateaued. They've had yeah. one year of growth and then they've had four years of plateau. So effectively they've had two years experience. 
because they haven't grown. And so one of the things is how do you grow? And that's where leaning on mentors, that's where asking coaches, say, hey, dude, this is where I'm up to. And so as you know, in chiropractic life, we do a calibration session where we look at, well, where are you? Let's let's be honest. Let's not be critical. Um, we're not criticizing, but we're being critically analytical. And so we're analyzing what's going on. And so here's where we're up to. We've got, here's our new patient flow. Here's our PVA. Here's our dollar visit average. Here's our overhead percentage. Here's all of those things that look at where you're up to. And we just go, okay, is that is that great? Is that good? Is it, you know, what areas are, are already really good? And what areas need to be leveled up? So if you're in practice and you've had only a couple of years experience, now you could have had six years as a chiropractor, but only two years experience, then it's like, okay, is it my technical skills that I need to level up? Is it my communication skills that I need to level up? You know, is it something around the research? Like we have so many amazing, you know, getting getting quote-unquote product knowledge you know, do you understand the impacts of an adjustment on the central nervous system? You know, there's some really cool stuff that in chiropractic life we've got coming down the track in terms of research projects that we're running. And so the science stuff behind what we do. Then you can communicate that to our communities. Communi- communicating that stuff to our communities is, is absolutely crucial skill to be a great chiropractor. And so... Be patient with yourself, lean on your mentors, listen to your mentor coach, listen to your trainers, you know, and do the work. Like mm. be patient with yourself, but do the work. You know, that's um, for me, uh, you know, to become a master free diver, I can't just set a, set a goal and then just have a crack. Mm. I've actually got to do the work. I've got to strategize. Okay, what skill do I need? Where am I currently up to? What's the gap? Where am I currently up to? What's the gap? You know, a breath hold, where am I up to with that? Okay, how do I improve my breath hold? How do I improve my kick efficiency? How do I improve my streamline efficiency? Okay, my streamline efficiency, I injured my shoulder, and so I had to improve my shoulder range of motion. You know, for me to be able to tick all the boxes to get great, what do I need to do? And so then strategize it out. Okay, how long realistically is it going to get me to be able to do that? So the new chiropractors in practice, it's like, you know, listen to to some of you, those leaders who've who've walked the journey before you. So great, you know. So there's some some new guys you've got in your mentor group, and it's like if they listened to you and then followed through, worked on that. You know, head down, bum up. You got to do the work. Yeah, I think one of the best things about our, our calibration sessions, uh, which I really got out of, was was obviously looking at your practice as a whole. It's so easy to to be lost in terms of what you're doing from a week to week basis or even to a month to month basis. And I think looking at your practice from where it started potentially year on year out and seeing it where it is now, gives you a bit more of a direction in terms of what to work on for one, um, what to be proud of, obviously, and, and, and like sort of express that brilliance. Like I'm brilliant at this. How do we polish that up? And also recognizing the things that we probably need to, to, to sort of work on as well. You know, as, as chiropractors for me personally, I think, from a day-to-day basis, when you're dealing with so many people and all the outside stuff within within your practice as well, it's so easy to sort of get into this sort of groundhog day when you're just coming in and you're still doing the same things. I think having a, a reflection on a, on a timeline of where you were and where you are now gives you a really good perspective on where to go next. And I think that's one of the best things about having you and having such a great team within our four walls. It's like once we recognize and establish where they are, 
you know, and this happens in practice. Once you establish in practice where, where, where that practice member is, it's going to be a lot easier to put things in place to make sure we, we want to get them to where they want need to be or want to be. 100%. Um, I, I, could, I couldn't really agree more in terms of the, the, the recognition of, of where you are and where you were and what you need to do still requires a shit ton of work. <laughs> but it yes. becomes clear in terms of what work you need to put in. You know, 100%. Um, it, it, it doesn't baffle me, but I think, especially from my experience, was just doing the work within our practice that didn't really need it to be done, if that makes sense. In my mind, it was crucial because it felt like it, it was something that needed to be done all the time. But upon reflection on terms of what you actually need to improve on, you, the work that you that, that, that you, is required becomes a lot more clear and it just gives you way more direction. Um, so, yeah, and I, I love the fact that you're saying that, it's, you know, sometimes you've been in practice for five years, you might have one year of growth and then four years of just plateauing. So, honestly, you really had only two years within practice, which, really hits, which really hits home with me, mate. I think I couldn't, I just really wanted to to sort of rephrase, not rephrase that, but repeat that, 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 that sort of statement you said. And I think that's so true in, in and especially with people listening in, um, if you do feel stagnant or do you feel like you have plateaued and you haven't recognized that there, there is a reason for that. Um, and the safety net between that is like, well, I've been in practice for five years. Well, honestly, is it, has it been five years? Mm. <laughs> or do you have I, five years or do you have one times five? Exactly. You know, I think once you see it that way, I think you're, you're in the right step or in the right pathway into making changes in terms of what you feel like is the best way to, to run a practice, for example. Mm. Yeah. Humility for me is I know that there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't know. Mm-hmm. So for me going into free diving was I'm a beginner. I'm an absolute newbie at this. So mm. yes, I've got, you know, some great experience and great, you know, runs on the board in other domains of physical performance, but I'm a newbie free, free diver. I don't even know how to kick, you know, I don't even know how to weight yeah. myself correctly. You yeah. know, I don't even know how to streamline correctly. Yeah. I've, you know, been a swimmer, you know, at a high level, but you know, that doesn't correlate across into this. So, yeah. you know, having recognizing that, yes, I'm brilliant in some places. So, but I'm also a newbie in this space. And so that humility of going, okay, I can, I can learn so much. And yeah. so I was learning from my, uh, you know, my dive buddies. I was always asking the instructors things, but I'd be very specific what I'd ask. You know, there's a guy in that I regularly swim with who's got a five-minute breath hold time. And so I'm like, dude, that's phenomenal. But I've watched him underwater and he's terrible at his uh, streamline. Mm. So I'm like, I'm not going to ask him about streamlining techniques because he's shit. You know, I'm going to ask, you know, I'm looking underwater and I'm observing and there's a couple of instructors and this other instructor, oh, my gosh, he's so clean underwater. So I'm saying, dude, can you watch me and give me hints and tips on how I can improve my streamline? Mm. But then this other guy with a five-minute breath hold, I'm like, dude, you're brilliant at that. Can you can you show me how I can improve my breath hold time? So so being humble and just knowing that, you know what, there's things that I want to level up. I genuinely mm. want to get better. And for me personally, it's one of my uh, big values is to grow significantly every year. And so it can be inside practice, it can be outside practice, it can, you know, different areas of life you want to just, but that's my value structure where I want to go, yeah, this year I'm going to make count. You know, I believe every year of my life matters and I want to make every year 
not just a carbon copy of last year, just rinse and repeat. I actually want to learn more, grow more, be more. There's so much, I think there's a beautiful platform in terms of where we are now. I, I feel extremely lucky only because I'm, I'm, I'm a chiropractor in an era where there is so much to embrace out there. There's so many people who are willing to open doors for you. And I think me growing up, especially, I think, especially at a very young age, and I think it's because I had really bad emotional IQ probably, <laughs> but I always felt like less of a person walking through someone, a door that someone's opened for me. Mm. I always felt like it. It was, it was a very weird sort of a way of looking at life, but as as being part of this company, speaking to people like yourself, Adam McKenzie, Scotty Walters, hate to say it, Adam Smith, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's so many doors. There's so many doors that people open for you, and never a less person doing that. And it also gives you an opportunity to eventually one day open a door for another person who really needs it. And I think that's a super special. And it only really takes one question. If that makes sense, being observant of the people around you, hanging out with the right people, and being like, "This is what someone's really good at." ask them the question and they'd be more than happy to be able to help you. But I think you lose when you stop trying to, to, to search for things that really matters to you and finding people that can really guide you in the right direction. Yeah. 100%. Mm. Um, there's a few, one more thing that there's a couple more things I want to talk about. We can't do this forever because obviously you're a busy man. Um, I myself have not much on for the rest of the day, so I can't really, <laughs> <speak on that. laughs> can't really speak on that, but my like, you know, where you're at at the moment, I feel like you're always leveling up and stuff. Where, where do you sort of see yourself? Um, where, where do you see your, your role or, or, or the things that you want to put in place for chiropractic life at the moment? And where do you sort of see in a year's time and two years time? If, if you are with us, obviously, we hope you are. Um, yes. is, is there any big, big things that you're just like, this is where I see chiropractic life is heading. And I, I, I want to sort of be the leader for that and, and, and sort of be influential in that, that sort of um, uh, field. Yeah, so I was, I was talking to my son the other day and at the moment I've effectively got uh, two and a half full-time jobs. So I'm full-time <laughs> in practice, um, doing the do. I'm, I've got six manuals that I'm writing for chiropractic life at the moment <laughs> and being a coach for over 20 years, I don't like scripts. Um, I like frameworks. Mm. I want everyone to be honest and authentic and to be able to communicate and the ideal communication for one person is slightly different to the next person. So if we use the same script, like would you like fries for that, the McDonald's thing, it's it you will definitely break rapport with some people. Agreed. You know, Agreed I, I've got CEOs coming in, I've got tradies coming in, I've got mums coming in, I've got school kids coming in. If I use the same language for those four groups, I'm breaking rapport with somebody. I'm not yep. being respectful enough of that other person and their values and their history and their and their filters of the world. And so for me at the moment, I've got to put that 20 years experience into manuals that other people can follow. I, I have this, um, and so it's super easy for me. You know, so the amount of work that I'm, I'm doing, uh, you know, I started yesterday, six o'clock in the morning. I finished last night at nine o'clock. Um, and so I'm doing some big days, but, it, but it's to pull out of me and codifying my brilliance, mm -hmm. get out of my head onto paper, onto videos, onto worksheets, onto workbooks, so that there's there's the path. So what we're talking about now, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we've talked about today that needs to be out there, public yeah. knowledge for all the chiropractors in chiropractic life, so yeah, they can learn how, how to level up, how they yeah. can literally, um, you know, learn from my experience. 
you know, yeah. instead of taking 10 years to get great, how cool would it be if you can do it in three? Yeah. How cool would it be, if, you know, chiropractor, new graduate going from zero to 200 a week in their first six months? How cool yeah. would that be if that's the normal standard because the pathway has been shown? And yeah. so I've got 12 months. The next 12 months for me is really building out that platform, really building out that system. So I'm going to be teaching the coaches how to coach. I'm going to be teaching the trainers how to train, teaching the chiropractors how to be trained, how, you know, because you've got to be trainable. If you're not trainable, you know, you can have the best systems in the world, but if you're not doing the work, you're not doing the work. You know, how do we, so the systems and procedures is the next 12 months. It's really building that framework out. And from a higher organizational company point of view, how do we build out the big frameworks for the next level of growth within within the company? And so, you know, there, there's that's the that's a twelve month project for me. Yeah. So my first twelve months is to really build the systems. The next two years after that is to run the systems. And yeah. so I know that then once things are really built, once the systems are, are really built out well, then it'll allow us to then have a little bit more fun, like I can actually have more conversations like this with you rather yeah. than, you know, with, with all the chiropractors and we can, you know, get together. I'm, we're building the seminars. So today I've got uh, three different seminars that I'm writing and um, strategizing the next three seminars for chiropractic life. So September's all about salutogenesis, stress in the central nervous system. How do we actively pursue wellness? So yeah. we've got a whole bunch of great speakers on on board on for the first of September. Got um, some amazing speakers that are coming on the tenth of September, and also on November uh, 11, 12, 13, we've got our first big live seminar. So we're building that stuff out, and I am super excited for the people that we're bringing on board. Once you guys hear who's coming, you'll go, "Oh my god, mm. this is the chiropractic life seminar." It's like off the chart. It's super yeah. super. And that's been proven before. We had Tony Coke come on not too long ago. It was just, yeah, it was just amazing to 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 listen to to, to chiropractors like yourself just just speak, spit some truths. It's just amazing. Um, I new times, man. Yeah, it really is. And I think these seminars are really, really great, especially for a cultural point of view as well, in terms of getting people on the same sort of thing and, and getting to meet some pe- new people as well. I think it's really powerful. Um, and also it's a lot of hype, you know, like this is, you know, you're not just joining the company and being an associate, you're joining the company, you're getting all this amazing information, guidance, mentoring, coaching along the way. And, and that, that should be really, that should really excite someone, especially someone who is, you know, especially someone like myself who furnished uni and was like very lost, you know, didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't really feel like there, there was a good decision to make here. Everything we thought was a risk. I think, um, we've made a really good platform for people to grow and learn. Mm, absolutely. Um, favorite time of the day? Six AM. Sunrise. Six AM. Right. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, how do you like your steak? Uh blue. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so do I actually, weirdly enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, cool. one more question on the steak as well. Favorite cut of steak on blue? Yeah, an eye. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I feel it. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Um, out of the triathlons, which one's your favorite? Running, swimming, or cycling? 
Uh, it's changed over my career. Swimming, hands down, favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, when okay. I'm cycling really smoothly, like it's yeah. uh yeah. Swimming by far. I've done 250 triathlons, probably 200. My favorite was the swim. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few that I was running super well. So yeah. when you're, yeah, swimming. Swimming, right Okay. Um, best piece of advice your, your wife's ever given you? <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase this in terms of, um, you know, it was a an Indian guy that I had in London and he had this amazing, beautiful family, amazing, beautiful business, and happy wife, happy life. So the, the, the most, the, the best piece of advice: happy wife, happy life. Happy life. Okay, okay. I think just to expand that because I want to include your wife into this. But um, last time you took your, your wife on a date, where was it? Uh, so we we have at least one date every single week. Love it. So uh, the last date. We it, there's a there's a restaurant um, just down the road for us called the Groove Chain. It's super reliable. It's great food all the time. Uh, so every Friday lunch, uh, we, we have a lunch date, and yep. so we go go somewhere nice, go somewhere because then the kids are there at school. We, yep. we actually have some some time that we can mm. allocate. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, mate, thank you again for your time, mate. You, uh, you look like you've got a pretty busy day, pretty, pretty busy life, obviously. So I, I couldn't appreciate it more. You coming on here and, and sort of sharing this moment with me, mate. It's been super special. It's always, like I was saying at the very start, it's it's always such a refreshing uh, an amazing conversation when we do sit down and actually spend some time together, mate. And I can't wait to sort of see you face-to-face and we can um, share a, a, a ribeye blue steak uh, by the Perfect. fire or something. But, um, Sounds mate, amazing, Dom. I, I, I wish you all the best, mate. What you're doing so far has proven so much for us and um we couldn't thank you enough mate and again really really much of an honor to be able to share this moment with you mate oh, it's a pleasure hanging out Dom. thanks brother right, have a good day thanks for listening to today's podcast if you're curious and engaged in what we do and want to find out a little bit more please leave a comment add us on social or you can find us on chiropracticlife.com.au we can't wait to hear from you